This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. You are listening to the Blockade Pinball Podcast. I am your host, Chris Freebus, aka Shut Your Trap, and joining me, as always, halfway across the world, Jared Morgan. It's a me, Jared Morgan. Hey, look at that, Jared. I have video again. Uh, that was so hey. annoying last week. So oh, yeah. annoying at the last minute to lose internet. And yeah. I don't and know. Then again, that. last week's uh, uh, YouTube video, which, man, we've gotten just a bunch of people to start using that, um, was our most downloaded. So maybe not having oh. speaking me is the uh, answer. I don't know. Well, <laughs> maybe not having visual you. Is visual me, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's an enhancement. You're never going to get rid of speaking me. Um, no. <laughs> shoot, if right. I have to go by via Morse code, you're going to... What's that, Chris? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's going to be a very dry podcast, that one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, folks, this is our 150th episode, which... Not too shabby. It's auspicious. It's auspicious. Yeah. Um, for which we have nothing exciting planned. Go figure. No. Um, all the excitement is, came right before, but that's okay. We're going to use this week to kind of, uh, debrief ourselves of, of everything that we've learned and what we've seen happen and, uh, just kind of go over stuff of that nature. But, mm. uh, I, I did want to comment, um, as some of you have, if you've listened, listened into the past, uh, basically a year ago, uh, on the 25th of September is when I had my accident and severed my patellar tendon. Oh, yes, you took an arrow to the knee. Yes. <laughs> so um, I went and did uh, a job last week where basically it was um, an earthquake had happened. Oh. And so the sets were all canted Monkey. 45 degrees, <laughs> like a building had kind of crashed over. Yep. And that was a treat trying to crawl around in, in that with my mm. knee not being a hundred percent stable and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I got through the first half of the, the first half of the day was in that kind of set. And I was like, okay, that's no problem. But then we had to deal with this tilting gimbaled set. And right. while I didn't have to be in it while it was gimbaled, I did have to navigate the stairs that went all the way up to the top of this thing, which was probably set. I don't know, call it 20 feet in the air. Or so, maybe a little oh, higher. Fairly high. Yeah. But uh, but the point was, was I'd have to go up the staircase, do my slating, and then come back down the staircase all the way because you, everybody had to be off the staircase while the whole set was tipping. Being rotated, yeah. And so I had to do that a couple of dozen times, which was, as the day got longer, um, rather trying. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would imagine. So that was that was a enjoyable to <laughs> to to basically see how i could perform but i was i survived so that was all good well that's good that's that's good that you're surviving you're here yeah. for a 150th episode well i don't think the knee would be necessarily prevent me from doing <laughs> no it would probably enable you to just sit there and 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 not actually yes yes sit there much more so than i normally do <laughs> but that's right yeah that's right sit <laughs> sit with much conviction <laughs> um, you, I saw, uh, were doing a little something on your table. Yeah, yeah. finally. Finally, I just went, you know what? Yesterday, uh, I just went, I, I can't not do anything more in this thing. I want to get it done by Christmas is what I've set myself to do. Okay, and cool. So, so good. 
yeah, I just thought otherwise it's going to sit there and I'm not going to do anything on it. It's like literally nearly been a year now because yeah. I got it last Christmas, I think. Um, so it's it's taken way too long. But, you know, as these projects tend to do, life gets in the way, right? Yep. So, and then you lose your fire and life's not in the way anymore, but you're just kind of like, eh. Oh, I'd rather play Zen Pinball Beta, right. you know. <laughs> That's what I, I was really having that battle yesterday. I was going, oh, look, I've actually got a little bit of spare time at the moment. What do I do? Do I actually go out there and, and get on the tools or do I sit in front of the computer and actually play a bit of Beta Pinball? And I went, oh, I should really go and do some stuff out there. So <laughs> I'm glad I did because what I did is I bought a whole lot of LED bulbs um, yep. from from the internets and uh, they were good price. And because Gottlieb System 80s don't have any problems with ghosting, you can get the cheap bulbs. Nice. So I got, I got 200 bulbs and that means I'll have about 60 left at the end because okay. invariably they will, they will blow at some point, like even though LEDs are pretty long last. A right. long life, they will, they will die, um, particularly in a pinball machine when they vibrate a lot. So, you know, yeah. you got to have a few spare. I figured, well, 200 is pretty good. Um, but the problem was that the because LEDs are not as slimline as most bulbs, the ones that protrude through the play field, they weren't quite fitting. Uh, so I went, oh, well, you know, there's only one thing I can do about this. I just have to drill the holes out slightly. So that's what I did. And it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I just got a drill, a really sharp drill bit, and just went zoop, straight into the play field. There wasn't very much um, ratting around the edges of the holes. Yeah, you know, this is unfortunate because I've just like clear coated it and everything, but right. um, it actually wasn't a, that bad. And besides all these things are gonna be under plastics anyhow. So even if there is a bit of like roughness around the holes, it actually doesn't matter really. Yeah, um, that's, that's so what that, I felt like when I cut out the, uh, the notches in my firepower play fields for if I wind up doing drop targets at some point. I was mm -hmm. like, hey, cut them out now before and I got to tell you, they ain't precision. They're kind of ugly. We didn't yeah. know how to do it nicely. And so they're kind of, eh. but then I was also like, it doesn't matter. They're hidden. <laughs> for yeah, the well, that's right. So because it's actually not the front, it's at the back. Where you it's need at to the back behind, even if you only have the standups, it's behind the standups and then there's, you know, plastic there. So yeah, exactly. So it's really not a big deal. No. Um, and the thing is with the star race playfield, there's actually quite a bit of playfield shielding on it. So, like, all the lights are actually covered up with with things anyhow, so it's mm -hmm. not a really big deal. So I thought, yeah, that's a that's a low risk to do that, and it, it would save me having to go and try and find bulbs that fit, because, I mean, there's so many different LED bulbs out there. Right. That, you right. know, it's, it's just, you just can't do it, right? So yeah. I went, no, I'm just going to drill them out, and it was a good thing. Like, it actually was, it, they fit really nicely now, and um, that was lovely. So I thought, well, okay, now what's the next thing I would need to do if I wanted to put this thing back together again, I thought, well, I need to put the 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 side rails back on the playfield. So the bits of wood that run the length of the playfield that actually give the playfield strength. Um, and I actually just rested the wood on the playfield. And you'd be surprised at how much of a dip the playfield has without those wood bits on it. It's a good, well, it'd be a good quarter inch dip. Oh my God. Um, yeah, it's like a, in the middle, it sags really badly. Wow. So those those playfield um, rails, the the wooden rails that go either side, they play a really crucial role in keeping that playfield um, level. Um, so I I had them off, and good old Gottley back in the eighties, everything was wood grain, of course, right? Yeah. So it, back in the eighties, so 
they were just coming out of that glorious 70s period with wood grain and everything so i thought well let's let's carry this look over onto pinball machines but you know we've got to keep costs down we can't use really great quality wood um on the bits that aren't the actual play field like on the play field you use good quality you know oak or whatever they use but on the other bits that aren't actually really important let's let's not really use that well let's just use basically you know cheap pine that's been um joined together in the usual way that cheap pine is joined together with the finger joints i think they call it so you know they thought oh that looks a bit ugly let's what are we going to do that's not going to cost a lot of money to solve that problem well let's cover it with book covering hey yeah <laughs> laminate <laughs> because that's that's a great solution it's cheap it, it will actually it'll protect the wood from being banged up against with um balls because yeah. We as a Gottlieb, we we've seen what happens to these side rails with that, so it'll it'll definitely help that out. But you know, thirty five years later, it looks like crap. <laughs> so I got um, news for you, Jared. It ain't just Gottlieb because my firepower has the exact same thing. After all the work I put into the playfield, it really detracted from the look of the playfield. Um, so I went, no, I'm going to strip the stuff off, and it was. A bit of a mission because the the adhesive even though it was 35 years old was actually pretty good still <laughs> so i had to get a um uh sort of like a scalpel blade oh it, it was really bad i had to get like a scalpel blade and just like like pair it off basically i first started using one of those mouse sanders with a with a, a sandpaper uh, pad on it yeah and just sort of like sanded off the um adhesive that worked but it was gummy up on my um on my sanding yeah. pad so i thought no, there's gonna be a better way of doing this so i reverted to scraping and then doing the final finish with the sander and that was really good geez it came up all right um i have to say like yeah for they... my for my ahead. firepower i'm not even gonna bother i'm gonna my my dad works with wood i'm just gonna give him the dimensions and have him cut me some new rails out of yeah. real wood and be done with it <laughs> oh look if you have that option then yeah definitely do it but you know there was on this particular bit there was a um there was a cutout on one of them that was um for the guide rail mm. where it goes in and i didn't have the tools to actually do that easily yeah. Um, so I figured, no, I don't think I'm going to, I'm not, not up for that. I just want to actually get it back to it looking pretty decent. So I went down the restoration path on it and, uh, but yeah, definitely if you've got someone with the tools, you yeah, don't, don't waste your time. Just go and get new ones done. Um, <laughs> and you could probably even use, you probably actually spring for some better quality wood as well. And, yeah. um, in that way, but they look good now. I varathane them last night and the surprisingly, even for cheap, cheap wood they've come up really nice the grains come through yeah, everything looks actually, better when you make it shiny yeah exactly right so <laughs> i'm actually okay with that and i should be able to put those back on um shortly and that'll be the next little tiny phase done then after that i think i just need to start putting all the metal bits back on again and um and get those back on i have to go through my photos and see where they all go because i've completely forgotten yeah. after eight months exactly i <laughs> this is where and I think I've mentioned it before. I watch a lot of these car shows where it's uh, garages either doing custom mods or just restorations of old hot rods, um, mm. any manner of things. But I watch probably, guy, it's like maybe five different versions of these shows. And they're all different yeah. aspects, but they all apply the same methods. And every time I watch one of these, because they'll take something that is just like a rusted hulk i mean barely a car is even left 
and they'll yeah. go out there and they're you know creating their own sheet metal and and, and you know making everything forming and doing and you know the end result you're like wow that is amazing that anybody can do that and i always yeah. sit there and go god i'd love to watch a pinball show of this exact nature yeah. where they like take an absolute fine. junker right yeah I like mean, a pinball machine with a tree growing out of it essentially <laughs> <laughs> and you know you know and I, i'm kind of surprised because you know the guys over at uh, the the tnt what is it tnt yeah. amusements mm -hmm. you know they put out videos all the time but they never it's never a restoration video it's almost no. always hey look at this machine that we just finished <laughs> or just yeah. about finished with because obviously they're trying to make a sales i'm kind yeah. of surprised that nobody has approached them other than the fact that you know again pinball very niche and what channel would you possibly put it on but man i, I want to watch that show i really want to watch that show because mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's just fascinating what people what extents people are able to go to to bring something back up and if they can do this with a vehicle sure as hell they can do it with a pinball machine and we've all heard you know there's these if you ever dip over on the pin side there's certain restorers who are revered for what they can do and yeah. there's all manner of one of them what's there's that a guy called vic on there who's just like an amazing guy to contact yeah, when you've got big trading issues one, uh i want to say it's they call it HEP, H-E-P. Mm. Um, but I, I don't know. I just know there's a couple of people. But there's also, again, there's different manners of restoration. There's yeah. those that are modifying machines and restoring them. There's those that make it so that every last component on it is practically chroming the entire machine. You know, I mean, yeah. it, there's not a speck of dust. Everything is true and lined up purpose, you know, properly. Um, and then there's those that are just doing basic, you know, a step above what you and I hope to be able to do to our machines, which is, you know, just make them playable. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know. That's uh, I would love to see that. Copyright me. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But okay. do you think about it though, as a production person, you know, you'd have to, you'd start the project and then, you know, you'd have to wait six months. That's what happens. <laughs> on the, no, that's what literally on these car shows. There's some guys that they crank out these cars within, two weeks couple, couple of months, months. and oh, then yeah. there's this other show that i was watching where literally it's two years now they condense the entire two years into one episode but that's how long they've had this car in their shop and that they've been documenting it with camera well wow. you know, so that's crazy it is it is yeah it's a long but, you time. know you think about it, if if you're a production house and the idea was to make it look like somebody is actually filming this themselves how easy would it be to say, hey, look, when you're going to do work in this car, get someone to film it for you and here's the rig and just do it lo-fi. And then you could actually, you know, use that footage and then overdub like professional audio over the top, for example, and right. all that sort of stuff. There's plenty of ways you could actually do it. Oh, certainly, certainly. Yeah. So, um, but oh, well, it's not going to, I don't. It's like probably not going to happen. What, who would watch it that would demand a it be its own you know it would actually be a prime candidate for like a youtube series certainly but, you know and if that was the case then you know it would be a very easy thing to get up and running yeah. um and you know there, there's money to be made on youtube those youtube series and the youtube creator things you know, and you, you know do it. another thing is that uh, it, it all comes down to the I don't want to say casting because it's not like they cast the mechanics in these shows, 
but they certainly look at the crew and they go, are there personalities or anybody that's going to hold our attention beyond the actual work that's being done? And you look at them and and to it, to a show, every single one of them has a unique voice thing. Exactly. Right. Yeah. There's a, I, we do get the show American restoration down here. Yeah. And those guys, like I really admire what they do because they take, you know, old fridges and stuff like that, you right. know, with Coke fridges and they're just basically almost falling apart and they manage to find motors yeah. and they do the outsides and they powder coat things. And it's just like, it's amazing to watch these guys bring these things back. And yeah. the, the fact that they, they can reproduce all this, all this, uh, like reference art and stuff like that is there's some real talent there. And I love, I love watching American restoration for mm-hmm. that very reason, you know, because it's not cars, it's just things. <laughs> things, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking of things that have been restored, let's let's dive into everything that we've learned with Zen, their Williams collection. Um, mm. Just our impressions of, of things that Mel said. Uh, I don't know, just I don't even know where to begin um, necessarily, other than there has been a fourth version of the beta. I think we might even be on to our fifth right around the corner here. Right. They have been... So <laughs> there's there's the version that you and I first got our hands on that we yeah. were like, yay, it's kicking our butt. Then the next version came out. And we kind of went, oh, it's not quite as difficult as it was. And then there was a version after that where it was like, nope. okay, great. We've got flipper tricks, but no, this is way, way too not where we were close going. to a pinball arcade version or even and we couldn't mention it at the time to the zen single player version Um, you know and then it got announced that you know that and everybody could play the classic version or excuse me the the you could sample what the uh that was this last week when we talked to mel that you could sample the the zen version and suddenly the difficulty got ramped right back up on the classic version and I was like, mm. nice. Hey, this is good. And then I just loaded it up to again today and had a go. And uh, we have access to now not the timed version, but the full version of the table again with the new current um, physics going on. And holy crap, to a table, it kicked my butt. It oh, just yeah? was just brutal. This and was fishtails. No, this was medieval madness, getaway, everything, uh, everything, and I was just once again going, okay, this is back to what it felt like that very first time we we booted it up. I mean, I spent some time on medieval madness, doing my best to you know not just flip around and see what things were going, but to actually play the table. Yeah, and I don't think I broke fifteen million. That's pretty indicative for a medieval madness yeah. in real life, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm, I had a great game on it, like in my tournament the other week, and it was like a 17 million game. I was going, that's great score. I'm happy yeah. with that. Yeah. You yeah. need to be excited when you actually hit the replay, not just... Oh, yeah, it's a replay. Well, replays tended to be like a, a, a signpost to me, where it's like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm on ball one. I just finally hit my replay. Okay, yeah, this is where we're supposed to be going. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> As opposed to, I'm on ball three going, am I going to get the replay? Um, exactly. You know, yeah. so it's fraught with danger and and bad things. It does bring up, and I don't know. I mean, you know, it's something that we have not brought up to Zen 
since when this first got announced to us, I hope that it retains ROM uh, status, even if you exit out and come back into the game. And what my point being that is, is that when you hit the replay, the next replay goes up by a few million. Oh, I, so it actually until plays. you've played it a couple of times and not hit the replay, and then it drops back down again. It's, so it has that compensation mode, but it actually carries out between games. Like it, it actually snapshots the ROM state. Yeah, um, that would be really good. I mean, and the same thing it does. Pick it, up, it does. You with, can pick you know, up your game again. So you, you know how Zen allows you to like, oh, you've been playing this game right. of you know Moonlight. Would you like to continue a game? Right. Yeah. So that does indicate that they are snapshotting the ROM. Well, and it does it with when you play Epic Quest. It remembers uh, all your achievements, all your achievements with the armor and everything that you've, you've put with, onto the game. Um, same with what you call it, um, Skyrim as well. Okay. I think. So yeah, I think yeah. clearly Zen has the capabilities of doing that within their own games, whether they can snapshot the actual ROM and do that. Because I want to, for my own single personal play, if I do, uh, uh, if I become you know loop champion on something, well, I want. I want to re- What's that? You, you want to retain that so you can. I want to retain it so it. I can try and beat it again later. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that's something that we should. We'll have to inquire out. Maybe uh, we'll have maybe, to ask Mel. We'll ask we'll Mel. afraid. Yeah, because that's mm-hmm. something that would. It's just that fine little touch that you don't really think about until you've been playing a table for a while. Yeah, and until then you, you go, especially have one in your house and you're playing it and you're right. beating your own scores. And yeah, imagine if it's essentially like you know having the batteries fail on you and it wipes every single time. Yeah, when you're playing on TPA, and that's no fun. And certainly, I would like the option to be able to just go, okay, let's start reset. fresh again and reset high scores. Reset, yeah. yeah. Um, but that would that would but be just certainly think about um, like if they eventually bring Safecracker in. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to be really important because the percentaging and the way that tokens are actually handled in that game. It, it the thing that people don't realize is that actually it will give you tokens easier if you had a couple of really bum games. Uh-huh. So the board game will actually compensate and actually allow you to progress further rather than just being hard all the time like it is in TPA. So yeah, it's designed to sort of pay out a certain amount of tokens just like a, like a slot machine. What do you think the odds of Safecracker getting in are? Mm, I think it's possible. Um, I honestly, when I was I was thinking about this, because people were in one of the threads that they were talking about um, their wish you know, list. They want they want new yeah their wish list. They want new tables also. Um, you know, are they going to get everything that was in TPA? And and at one point, Mel even said that it's not a guarantee. You know, there's going to be tables that don't get brought over, and there's going to be tables, plenty of tables that will. Yeah. Um, that you never that we never got a chance to play, and so I kind of looked through the list, and I was like, you know, a table which like fine uh, not to see again. <laughs> well, it's not that fine not to see again, but which are likely or are going to be a pretty low priority. And I honestly think Safecracker, due to its odd shape, and uh, it didn't really get good reception in Pinball Arcade as much as you and I like it. It didn't get that great a reception. I kind of went an odd table. I mean, that one might be one that doesn't. Same thing with, uh, you know, Firepower 2. Are they really going to oh, do that? They don't need to bring that one over. You know, they Hurricane 
Is anybody going to be clamoring for that again? Uh, probably not. Yeah. I don't really play it that much, but that's me. Uh, um, Spanish Eyes, Wild Card, Fireball. Those are all the M's, and you know, <laughs> yeah. And and part of this is that people were saying they, um, some people were were just kind of like, oh, that's it. I'm you know, screw screw Farside. I don't have to worry about that. Other people were like, oh, I feel burned for having spent all my money on it. And I was like, well, look, you get the, you don't have to wait to play any of these tables. Yeah, you, you can, can still right play now. them in and let Zen do their thing. And you know, when Zen comes out with a new table, you're like, hooray, but you're not like, oh my god, I want to play this again. You've got it. You can still mess with it. Yeah, you play it. it yeah. It's already you, in, if you thing is that you know, Zen most likely will actually do discounts on them. Right. Um so you know, you just if you want to build up your collection, you just wait. There's no pressure. You don't have to buy. <laughs> we keep telling you this. But you don't have to spend your money. You can just no, sit no. on the one. But I mean, for those people that were feeling burned, you know, somebody was like, "I felt like Farside put a gun to my head." No, they didn't. Oh my god, they didn't put a gun to your head. But you know what? Put the gun down and realize what you do have, and it's going to take a couple let's, of years. Let's just, let's just say Zen puts out sixteen tables a year, which that's on the high side for what Zen usually puts out, right? Yeah, they won't be all Williams tables. Well, they're going to be Williams Valley tables, <laughs> but well, I'm just well, let's say let's say they are though. Let's say that that's let's say it's sixteen uh, uh, Williams Valley tables throughout a year, right? It's still going to take almost four years to catch up to catch up, and that's if they were only doing everything that was in TPA. So yeah. obviously, we know that they're not by by the the hint that Mel is basically saying by pack four we probably will see licensed tables. Um, that's the soonest that we would be able to. Um, and they're going to start doing licenses, I would imagine, that Farsight wasn't able to do. That's uh, what they'd be gearing up for, for sure. That's what they'd be gearing up. Yeah. So they're probably so, trying to negotiate the licenses for them now. Right. So they can actually <laughs> do the runway that they're going to need to actually produce these things, right? Right. Be... You know, so uh, again, you're going to be waiting on certain tables. And so, I mean, I think people are going to be they shouldn't feel like that they got robbed by Farsight by any stretch of the imagination. Because like I said, you know, hey, you want to play Tales of the Arabian Nights? Go for it. Do it right now. You don't have to wait for Zen to make it. <laughs> you can grumble yeah. about, oh, this doesn't feel as good as Fishtails, but at least you can play it. You can play it. If you really need that fix, it's yeah. right there for you. Yeah. It's just waiting. Do you think that, and this is kind of going with what the next table pack is going to be, um, and I was just reading a thread about this today where they were like, hey, maybe the next four tables are going to be nothing but Bally. And yeah, that that's made me wonder, is there going to be another column? Instead of, so you're going to have the Williams column, and then you're going to have a Bally column? Oh, maybe. I kind of, I hope that they do that, because otherwise the Williams column is going to get really crowded really quick. And then right. that made me think, because mm -hmm. Mel also was talking about how, when it comes to licensed tables, you're not going to be able to put out a pack that is Indiana Jones and Star Trek. <laughs> you know, no, they don't. They won't let you mix licenses. You like that. can't mix licenses, right? So, okay, fine. So let's say you do what my suggestion was, which was you've got Indiana Jones, and then you make short round the table, and yeah, you know, <laughs> and Marion the table, yeah, you know, whatever. And and so you have those two unique tables. Well, does it just get its own column then? This is Indiana Jones. And the Indiana Jones table does not get put in with the Williams collection. Oh, mm. that starts to get tricky, doesn't it? Right. 
Again, with the license, if they're saying that they don't want to mix, you'd have to separate them out, right? But to be a separate brand. But what kind of sucks? What kind of sucks is that, like, with Williams and Portal, it's called Valve, right? Yeah. But there's only one table underneath those columns. Yeah. Baron, you want more? You know. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) So. Yeah, these are the things I think about, folks. <laughs> it's going to be, yeah, I had no, I didn't even give any consideration to how they group it. I would have thought that it would just be all Williams pinball and then maybe have a sub selector for yeah. Williams belly and then my own creation tables underneath the Williams pinball banner. Because mm. uh, that's that's probably how I do it. Like I'd have a sub filter um, under that column to filter what you want to see. Yeah. That's how I do it. Um, but, you know. Like use a different toggle button to actually trigger it and cycle through the tables. I should um, point out we won't be getting any more uh, Walking Dead tables because Telltale Studios is going to put they fired yeah. everybody but twenty five people. So, <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that. I, I actually saw Mel comment yeah. on that. Well, that's why uh, I was like, "What?" I went and googled what happened. I was like, "Ooh, that ain't good." <laughs> no, that's really bad because Telltale they, they do some good games. Well. Not only that, but Telltale had had just signed a deal to make uh, Stranger Things games. Oh. Game. And what table did Mel say that he wanted to do? He wanted to do a Stranger Things table as uh-huh. well as I forget what the other one that he he mentioned. Um, uh, Pickle Rick. Um, sorry, Rick and Morty. Oh, Rick and Morty, right? Which so I was kind of like, I wonder if he was talking to Telltale <laughs> prior. Mm. Just and like he went done oh, with Walking snap. Dead and based it <laughs> off what their artwork was, and now it's like poof. Yeah, bye bye table. <laughs> oh, jeez, that oh, that would be frustrating, right? But yeah, gee, yeah, I really feel for the studio, eh? Because it's rough. Um, yeah, they've run out of runway. This is the term I'm hearing a lot lately. Yeah, they've run out of runway, which means they've run out of money. It's a startup term. <laughs> <laughs> and in case you're wondering, folks, we have no idea how long the deal is that Zen signed with uh, Scientific. My best guess, it ain't the two-year deal that Farsight was signing. I imagine it's probably a five-year minimum. Mm. And Because why would they want to bother renegotiating every two years? Not going to want to renegotiate in two years, but five years, a lot can change in that period of time, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So... I that's kind of what my gut is telling me with absolutely zero information. Mm. But as you can tell, two podcasts ago, we work well with zero information. <laughs> yeah, we do work really well with zero information. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get a whole lot of uh, feedback though on our speculation uh, podcast, other than people just kind of going, "Oh, that, that was pretty interesting," but. I don't know if you people didn't believe us. <laughs> but we but kind of got it really right. <laughs> we kind of got confirmation out of Mel that, no, we nailed it. So <laughs> Yeah, he kind of went, yeah, you pulled us up on that <laughs> in mm-hmm. this interview. So go back and listen to that if you go, uh, yeah. That was why I purposely asked him about FX3, if it was designed with Williams in mind, and he pretty much said, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, it was. Um, so there you go. My timeline is rather spot, spot on, on, mate. Yeah, yeah spot on, mate. <laughs> um, yeah. 
other things that uh, oh, one thing that we got out of <laughs> with regards to the Mel interview, other than a lot of people just really enjoying it, but oh, you cabinet owners, uh, I uh, <laughs> Greg over at Spacey's Arcade. If you watched his latest uh, beta three video, he kind of cursed us out for a moment there, Jared. Oh, because, did he? Yes, because he was sweating that we went an hour before ever mentioning cabinet. And he was like, you got to be kidding me. These guys are not going to mention cabinet <laughs> at all. And then we finally, then, then, then he goes, this is me doing an imitation of him doing an imitation of me. Um, he goes, and then Chris just kind of goes, oh yeah, cabinets. So what do you got to tell us about that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just kind of just kind of throwing that out there. Um, oh yeah, those cabinet people. What about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here's the problem, folks. Neither of us have a cabinet. So we, we got the cabinet the questions. Game. Yeah, the cabinet yeah. questions aren't at our forefront. We just don't it, we, can we, we don't really know what to ask. Yeah, I mean, we can try and muscle up the enthusiasm for it, but it's us asking a question that somebody else asked, not necessarily knowing the context from which they're asking it. So mm. um, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but I'm gonna, I have a solution that was a cheap solution that hopefully will try and um, bring me up to speed on this. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> Other comments... Uh, this had not, not necessarily anything to do with the information that Mel gave, but other than more or less the impression that Mel gave. A lot of you now like Zen Studios a lot. Um, yeah, you're really, you're, you're waving the flag hard. Yeah, you're like, you know what? I like these guys' attitude. I like their approach. I like the uh, perspective that they're coming at this from. Um, you know, hearing that story about just... and. Talk about not realizing how far we've come and yet how short ago this was. But the fact that a lot of the designers there at the Budapest studios in Hungary were under Soviet rule when they grew up. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> it seems <laughs> like a millennia ago. And yet, holy crap, he's right. That's just the 80s. That's the <laughs> 80s. That's yeah. when I was growing up playing pinball. You know, I mean... I was a teen. <laughs> it's just amazing to think what an impact pinball has had on on their lives over there. Yeah. It's sort of like the only escape that they had, really. Isn't that crazy? And it's and it, yeah. not only that, it's not just when you think about this. It's not just pinball being an escape. This was something from the West. Yeah, this is opening up the basically breaking down the wall. Yeah, to the West. I guarantee you, they weren't getting our movies. Over there, no in the way. <laughs> over in the Soviet Union, but a pinball machine, hmm, that mm -hmm. managed to make its way in. You know, just like, imagine them playing taxi <laughs> over in with Gorbachev <laughs> on it. With Gorbachev, <laughs> something yeah, tells me the taxi didn't make its way there. Mm. <laughs> yes, uh, or if it was, it's you know, in this whatever the speakeasy version of a pub was there. You know, yeah. <laughs> Da, comrade, we've got the taxi. <laughs> <laughs> taxi, taxi, taxi. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, dear. It must have been a trip to be in that, that part of the world in that time. It just... Yeah, so it makes wow. you appreciate what the passion is that they're probably approaching this with. Um, and I think it's probably something that we didn't... So let's try that. There we go. Yeah, now it's back to a normal level. Okay, cool. Technical difficulties, folks. Sorry about that. You on YouTube... Oh, 
we'll get I'll the. Keep this. <laughs> Let's keep this open just in case it's speak. Yeah, it's it's creeping up, eh? It must auto level. Yeah, now it's auto leveling, but sometimes it just goes. Yeah, right it out. just yeah. peaks really bad. Yeah, I thought I wanted to try it this time to see if uh, here it goes. It's spiking again. How weird. Um, <laughs> I don't know. This oh, well. is something else that the, we'll just sidebar here. Something else that we're uh, looking into d again due to. Um, due to some of the donations that we've gotten and we're hoping we'll be getting more because uh, t-shirts folks, we have a new uh, place you're going to be able to purchase them from that will mm. heavily discount. I assume the shipping Jared went ahead and already uh, pony I, I to made try and purchase. test it. <laughs> yeah, I made a purchase. Uh, I, got, I got one of each style on different types of shirts to see what they look like. Yeah. Um, hopefully, yeah, they come out all right. I should get them, I uh, think, later on this month. Yeah. So once we once we have confirmation that we like uh, what they've done with them and uh, how the pricing on shipping is, then we'll go ahead and uh, advertise that and you all can have a crack at it. But it's not going to be just T-shirts either. It'll be, hey, do you want a blockade mug? Go for it. Uh, have it. Yeah, <laughs> do you want exactly. a blockade sticker? We got them. Yeah, he's right. No. Merch up. Merch up. Uh <laughs> Now I've lost completely my train of thought. Oh, though tech wise, yeah. So um, <clears throat> we're we're hoping to maybe get uh, some actual software that will allow me to adjust mic levels and maybe even do live audio drops, so that uh, yeah, our friends on YouTube will be able to hear all the stuff that gets put into the regular podcast that Jared edits. So that's right. Yeah, just basically just bump in, bump out. That's what you get. Yeah. At the moment. But, at the moment, but we'll do that. more if we have if we have more of the opportunity. It's you know we want to we want to bring up the quality of the show, and that's when we when we say that we want donations. The whole purpose is to put that back into the show. Um, yeah, that's right. So we don't take a salary of, for this. No, we're we're kind of working. <laughs> so we've been kind of you know saving so that we can do something of this nature uh, mm. to to do that. So that's what we're currently investigating, and uh, we'll go from there. But I think a lot uh, of the time you can do you can do that sort of stuff with um, the the broadcasting software that Twitch folks use. Yes, um, I've been told that. Unfortunately, I don't know how to do a lot of that. Mm, particularly if like, that works okay if you're in the same place together. Yes. But if you're actually, if you're trying to do things remotely, like we are across the world, it makes it really difficult to actually set up, I think. Um, if anyone's listening out there that has tips about that and actually does a, a distributed um, recording or session with this tooling, come and get in touch with us and give us some tips. Yeah, if you if you can explain it in nice, easy layman's terms, um, that's yeah. even better. Uh, <laughs> like it's a simple twenty-seven step process to get your recording. <laughs> you know, where you lost it. You lost us at step one. <laughs> uh, yeah, feel free to drop us an email at uh, blah blah blockade at gmail dot com. Mm. Um, other impressions of of the interview that we had with Mel. You got any that uh, stand out? Um, just the, the way that their studio operates and the fact that they like, you know, just when he was talking about the way that they prefer to actually develop things, they don't like to be in constant crush like TGA mm. was with their DLC. Like they actually prefer to have that space in between releases and actually structure things in a way that focuses on quality rather than delivery timelines. And well, and, think, and like he said, that was really important. If, if we're filling the crush, we hire more people. <gasps> yeah, it's like, oh, who would have thought? 
Uh, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's it's that old axiom. It takes money to make money. Make money. It does, really. And I think that that's that was one of the things that was always kind of like, oh, come on, Farsight. Whereas if they were almost afraid, it seems to pull the trigger to to reach that next level, because mm. it was, hey, we're we're doing, we've been functioning in a manner that guarantees our doors stay open. And there's a bit of risk, obviously, with stepping beyond and maybe putting yourself out there. And I don't yes. think that they were ever wanting to put themselves out there. And I mean, truth be told, now because they've lost the license, it's probably a good thing that they didn't. But who's to say they couldn't have retained the license had they hired more people okay. and invested again, you know, over and reinvested and reinvested. Yes. You know, Zen will never know. Yeah, Zen, fortunately, since they weren't dependent upon the license, they were dependent upon their own creations, was able to take those steps and ramp up gradually to the, where they are now so that it is a matter of, hey, if we need to hire more people, we hire more people, our doors are going to stay open. Um, yeah. You know. And that's that's really good. It's uh, They've got a pipeline, and it's not just pinball. Like yeah. they've got other properties that they're actually supporting. They're very, they're very good properties. So yeah, you know, they're not going all in on black, which I think is a little bit what Farsight fell into. Yeah, yeah. So no, you're right. It is interesting about the structure of their their company and how they how they kind of operate and facilitate with that. I was actually thinking of bringing this up, and this was to do with uh, Farsight, and I think probably some of the comments that we made about um, on mobile. Uh, the Big Buck Hunter and Woe Nelly um, yeah. games that we played. I actually read in one of the, I think it was in the graphics or art thread on Digital Pinball Fans. Oh, the poly count. The poly count. So on PC, it's a 200,000 poly count. On mobile, it's 55,000. Yeah. So there would be the reason why mobile looks, well, crap. <laughs> <laughs> and really we only have ourselves to blame for that because well we don't have well, i guess we're not to blame but it is mobile and we're playing on mobile so therefore mobile doesn't have the the polys and i actually made the comment saying so you're telling me a quarter of the polys are available on mobile it's a one of the things isn't square like with that drop in in triangles it's just ridiculous i don't know how they make it look the way they make it look um well, you realize that there's a, that, you know, some people are like, I don't understand how come I'm not able to just, you know, set the angle however I want it to be set. Well, in the case of mobile, I'm sure there's a lot being hidden. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's, yes. Don't look, if you look just a slightly across the corner, you'd see a world of ugly. So, <laughs> or basically a carpet. You basically see carpet because right. they don't have to have the wood there, which is polys. Right. So, oh, geez. Yeah. There'd be so many shortcuts. And I think, um rob when he was doing some of the edits kind of lifted the the um the veil on some of that stuff as well because he was yeah. saying oh did this angle you could see all sorts of horrible things because it's an angle that players aren't supposed to see <laughs> so if you're free cameraing this you'd be able to see all the grossness underneath the um curtain no doubt about that what is next that's i think the biggest question mm. um you know, I mean, uh, what is it going to be? Belly next? Is it going to be? Uh, well, it probably will be belly. It probably will be a pack. I would think. I think, and and I think 
Is it going to be a three-pack or four-pack? I'm not quite sure. Uh, somewhere Mel said a four-pack, but it could be a three-pack. Who knows? Um, if it's the Green. Valley and assuming it's a four-pack, A, I'm going to say it's what was dropped in the, the manuals. Mm-hmm. And B, I would probably, if I had to guess, I would go Circus Voltaire, Attack from Mars, um, maybe oh. Champion Pub, mm, Black mm-hmm. Rose. Yeah. I mean, those would be good. I'd be happy with those. They're unlicensed, um, you know, so you could go forward yeah. with those. Yeah. Yeah, you could pretty easily go through with those without any trouble. Um, and, you know, it would be pretty nice to see a strobe multiball mm. in AFM. What yeah, about the discussion um, to do with um, Pimble 2000? I was interested in this discussion. Yeah, we didn't uh, touch upon it, did we? No, we didn't. And it's interesting to bring out because my feelings about it are, are kind of mixed, if that's one way of putting it. So the, the thing about Pinball 2000 is that its um, its big claim to fame was that it basically brought in 3D elements into the game. Yes. Uh, into the game of Pinball. And it, it's essentially that, um, what I, fit, I forget the effect that they, they call it, but it was... Um, it's not a hologram. It's basically what happens with a teleprompter. You got a mirror at yeah. 50 degrees. It's totally a 50, 50 mirror. It gets projected down on there, and then you see, and your ball yeah. you know, is appearing to go through things. It's um, the same effect that they use on Ghostbusters Premium and LE. Yeah, but the, tiny. Yeah, <laughs> tiny. But so the thing that is interesting about bringing Pimble 2000 into Zen, so first of all, yes, I think it would be great if they did it. But there's some interesting points to sort of dwell on, I think. And that is that if they're going to do it, how would they switch between Pinball 2000 traditional and Pinball 2000 Zen? And that's because- the suck part because people are going to want the traditional version. I personally am like, screw it. Who wants no, it? See, I, <laughs> I think I actually think I would want the original version because that is it's interesting in and of itself because with the lighting right, and the view perspective right it would look really good if they did it right yeah you know the here's the one thing you don't actually have to duplicate the mirror aspect right you mm. can do the animation directly on the table uh, you know on that fake pane of glass you don't see the pane of glass yeah um, you just you know, sort of the- superimpose the bubbles like the it's in the case of you know the the last jedi um, or not the last Jedi, the Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace, yeah. Like you'd see Jar Jar Binks jumping around like an idiot. Right. Um, but actually on the bits of the play field, like he would be superimposed in the correct areas where he was with the screen um, or the screen effect, the projection, the top-down projection. But it would just be, he would be rendered as a 3D model at that point. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? So you'd say that... Yeah, I think that's fine. But the thing about the the game is that up the back of the playfield there, you got some really interesting light effects because everything was really dim up yeah. the back of the playfield. And so replicating that dimness and that sort of um, almost cinema quality to the back of the playfield is something that I'd be probably keen to maintain. But then you think about it, um, you know, when you go from um, classic mode to uh, Zen mode, and you actually superimpose all the stuff over the top, like all the digital stuff. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, how would you actually gracefully do that? There'd be a lot of stuff you're taking away when you do that swipe. You know what would be, <laughs> you know be interesting? For once, you'd see what the back of the playfield actually looks like. Right? There's not a lot to see. I've had there's not a lot to see, but, <laughs> it's but there's where they could do full, uh, full environment, full environment effect. You know, they could they could actually basically make that that back of the playfield uh, better theme than it is because it was deliberately lo-fi and deliberately sparse because they knew they had to project all the stuff. Exactly, it. exactly. So they could actually make it a lot better than it is. And there, here we go again. What I was saying with okay, you got the Star Wars license for that, right? Would yeah. it appear in the Star Wars? Would it appear or Williams? Star Wars? Yeah, mm, yeah. Really? I would put it. Would I personally put would put it with Star Wars. I wouldn't bother putting it in with the Williams. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. It's <laughs> so hard. It's so hard to work out where they actually shove these things now. You know, there is. I mean, it's a it's a license. It's a Star Wars license, but it's right. not. Yeah, it's it's both places. <laughs> they just put it everywhere just to have all these Williams tables scattered far and wide throughout the collection. Makes yeah, it look like there's more tables than there are. <laughs> yeah, you could have you essentially have like five tables <laughs> for one because they're all scattered far and wide. But you think about it though, as a, a I guess this is the question, right? As a consumer, would you actually like you know that they're Williams table? Because yeah. they might have a little W or belly or something like that on the on the table tile, yeah. but you know having it aligned with the uh, the franchise, it actually seems to make sense to me because you want to play, go and play a Star Wars table, where are you going to look Star Wars, so the Star Wars column. So having it in there does actually make sense. But on the same hand, if you want to put it in the Williams column, because that way you know that oh hey, classic mode is going to play a whole hell of a lot different than single player mode. Yeah, you know that's true. Uh, but, uh, you know we, what? Not our problem to solve. <laughs> not our problem to solve. We can just bring up some ideas that they'll probably already have a plan for. Anyhow, yeah. Let's be serious. So, so speaking um, of speaking of plans, uh, and this goes back to our then cabinet discussion. Mm -hmm. I am seriously thinking uh, for those that saw it on Twitter or um, basically, th there's this guy Jeremy Williams. And he, after playing Pinball Effects 2 VR, was like, oh, there's got to be something better than just holding a controller in your hand. Mm -hmm. So we, he went ahead and designed a as wide as a pinball table, but only, I think it's 10 inches deep, 8 or 10 inches deep, uh, cabinet. Just wide enough to put your hands on, basically. Exactly. So with flippers on the side, plunger uh, button on the front, so that he could play it standing up and feel like a, like he was at a cabinet while playing VR. Posted the plans, went ahead and made another version out of wood, and it just hooks up via USB. It's not exclusively for VR. It would work just fine in uh, in because your computer recognizes it as a controller. Yeah. Um, once you have it mapped, you know correctly. So I started thinking about it. And I was like, you know, if I want that cabinet experience, I'm not going to build a, a virtual cabinet because no. A, it's going to cost me way, 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 way too much money. And B, then I'd have to go out the garage with all my other machines and I want to be able you, to sit at my desk and yeah, just and play go, hey, I feel like a game of pinball. Um, so I'm seriously thinking of building one of these. 
Um, I've only got about half the funds for it right now. Basically, I need about another hundred bucks to to be able to to do it. And but my friend, he's got a CNC machine, so he can uh-huh. do precision cuts on the wood. He's got a three D printer, so he can do all the, <laughs> printing, all the plastics that need to get purchased. Um, and he's really good with, he's built his, uh, controllers for himself previously too. So he, he's got the know-how, um, I'll certainly go on a system learn, but I'm like, I want to build this and then I can actually, I guess it's got an accelerometer in it for, for nudge purposes. They tore apart a, uh, 360 controller and put the, uh, the rumble features on the bottom of it. So you can feel the feedback. Um, he came up with an ingenious way of putting a real plunger on the machine to be able to use that. And then I started thinking, Ooh, but how could you make it even better? Well, what if you put a coin door in the front just for the look so that it looks like the front of an actual cabinet? Um, and a lot of coin doors had the start button right there. So you could even activate that as your button. You could, um, And then, well, what else is, because his is just made out of wood, and obviously if you got your hands on it, it's going to feel like wood, right? Yeah. Well, so what if you put aluminum around the edges and made it feel like, you know, the, the aluminum that encases a, a machine? What if you put a lock bar on the front, you know, carved it out so that you have a lock bar on the front, because you're making it as wide as an actual pinball machine. Why don't so, you just cut the front of a pinball machine and be done with it? Well, no, we're not going to do that much. <laughs> Uh, you just cut the cut the first eight inches off the front of a pinball machine. And you're done. <laughs> uh, um, and then I was thinking, I was like, "Hey, but okay, so fine. You got the metal on the rails. You got the correct buttons. It's still not going to feel exactly like a like a pinball machine because you got to have your hands on glass." And so he was like, "Well, so you get two little rectangles of glass. And you put those on either corner, and you got to feel." So that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I want to really have this feel like it so here's my question to you the listeners do you have any pinball legs that are just kind of rusted out you have no intention of ever using again care to donate do you have an old coin door that uh again is non-functional i don't need it to function i'm just looking purely for looks yeah, let us it know. It needs to be a coin door. It doesn't even need to have coin mix or anything on it. No, just a coin door. Um you got a plunger mechanism that is uh, Again, I'm not looking for anything polished or whatever. Shoot, if it's if it's that ugly, I'll just spray paint it black and be done with it. You know, <laughs> I'm, and you're not talking about like one of those swanky digital plungers. You're just talking dude, about a regular pinball regular, plunger. Regular pinball plunger. I mean, I can buy this stuff on you know Marco Supplies or whatever. But the point is, I want to do this on the cheap. I want to you know really. This is a prototype to prototype. see if it's something you want to do. Yeah, and and here's the beautiful thing, folks. If I do this and it functions well and works well. My buddy will have all the files in his computer. Seeing seeing the stuff out again is not a problem. Yeah. Um, so it would be one of those things that maybe we could work something out for you. Um, <laughs> same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it, it's all about building that first one. So uh, and yeah, and there's plenty of people. Yeah, and there's plenty of people that. Again, you can you can look up. All you have to do is look up PinSim. That's it. Type in PinSim in Google. Boom. All the articles will pop up. The instructions mm-hmm. on how to build it yourself if you want to build it yourself. Have at it. But there's plenty of people out there that either don't have the supplies, don't have the means, or just don't have the know-how to do 
one or all portions of this, in which case it would be nice if it was just readily available. So, yeah. Um, anyway, that's that's what my thought process is. I'm kind of trying to gauge. Uh, I'm surprised that I, you know, somewhere like you know Highway Games doesn't make something like this in Australia. Like, well, this is what we asked Mel about. You know, where in where I mentioned Red Octane, and then he was like, "Oh yeah, I used to work at Red I Octane." I was like, "Oh my god, come on!" <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is all we're asking for, people. If 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 Guitar Hero and Rock Band could put out a full drum kit <laughs> and keep the yeah. price under 130 bucks, there's no reason why. Yeah, exactly. Happen. Just you shut know? up and take my money and 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 make one. And uh, Mel even made a point about saying how he said that when they do, they were thinking about doing a retail version of the game of mm. Williams. But yeah. the, if they do retail, they want to make it something special, right? Yeah. That there's something unique about it. It needs to be one of those, like, you know, packages with all the things in it, right? And that's what I'm saying. When you've got 20 or so tables already out, and you now it's time to put out a disc with 20 or so tables, if you packaged it with a pins, you know, an actual controller box. Yeah. You screw your own legs on too. Boom. Money. Yeah. <laughs> Money in the bank. Um, yeah. Things I have to consider though, like with the, with the way this thing is constructed, it's only one flipper button on each side. Well, yeah. what happens yeah. when Zen makes the shadow? What happens when yeah. they make Black Knight and we need Magna Save? Um, or World mm -hmm. Cup Soccer, and we need Magnus Save. So I'm going to have to have two buttons on there. Um, what about when playing a, a standard Zen game and there's a Magnus Save? Well, you do that by activating the, uh, the A button on your controller. It's not activating a flipper. Like Farsight had that stuff with the second, the, the trigger flippers. Yes. Um, Zen didn't go the trigger flipper route. They just went with using one of the control buttons. So it's figuring out where to map that to. Do you have it near your finger or do you have it just, you know, slap the top of the, the control box? So. Yeah. But I think you're breaking the breaking the illusion if you do that though, right? Like you, you expect it. Like if you're, particularly if you're in sim mode, you, you your fingers are like down the side of the cabinet. You need the yeah. button there. Yeah. It's, it's but it's also, I'm it thinking about, what about uh, pushing shift for the getaway? If I only have a standard plunger, I'm well, going to yeah, also need true. another button. But I'll if that button's up on top, you could you could always put that button in the center, like Stern has for the you know the uh yeah the punch it and all that sort the of punch stuff. it button. Just make that the punch it make it a punch it button. Don't even try yeah. and hide the fact. Good to go. Because I've noticed I've noticed that um in the getaway when you're in video mode, you can only seem to gear up. You can't gear back down again. Have you? Yeah, there that? is no gear down. Yeah, so it's only gear up. So basically, not that anybody <laughs> geared down. Nobody no. ever geared down. <laughs> no, you always gear up to to like four. I think four is pretty much the the maximum that I can go to before I start dying on it. The only time I've ever beaten is by going to five. Crazy oh, enough, really? and I went to five immediately. I didn't even wait. I was just like bah, 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 up into five. Go up into five. Yeah, just go left and right, left and right, left and right. Dodge the cars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, it, it's going to be interesting to see if you get any takers to give you um, donor parts. Uh, particularly legs, because they're sort of necessary. <laughs> yeah, legs, but then there's also, there's also plenty of people have rusted out hulks of legs that they go, you know what? Do I really want to sit here with a Brillo pad and scrub the bejesus out of these? And they're never going to look all nice and chrome. Or I could spend the, you know, 22 bucks 
<laughs> to buy per leg and buy nice shiny chrome and not have to worry about it. Yeah, you know, there's you would do whereas me, me, I'm like, I don't care how rusted it is, I'll spray it in bed liner and it'll look fine. You know? <laughs> I'll tell you for sure that uh, I know exactly what's involved in getting legs that are rusted and crap yep. back to something that is not suck and it is non trivial. You have to do a lot of mouse sanding on them to get uh -huh. them back up to. Uh, <laughs> and I just ended up putting like this um, rust oleum silver um, rust inhibitor spray over the top they actually look pretty good but they it was a pain to do it really was yeah my buddy just goes powder coat them <laughs> yeah powder coat them exactly um you know uh -huh. so that's why i'm like yeah i don't care what the you know so long as they're not you know bent um yeah you know i don't want a door that looks like somebody you know punched it um, exactly but well, you can just kind of beat that out. Like you just if it's a door, you just take all the harbor right. off and just bash it. But if it but if it's looking rusted and old and has you know that patina on it, hey, that's kind of cool. You know I'm what? Okay I, I could I could work with that. I can make it, it back. Sand it back, you, seal it in. And not even yeah, I mean you just seal it the way it looks right there and then and and you know, now you've got this cool looking box that looks like it's been around the block, you know. Yeah, so. exactly. We'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. Uh, so like I said, folks, if you uh, have a line on that, if you feel like donating any of that sort of thing, uh, it'd be appreciated. And it'd be one of those things that, you know what, I'll fully document this. I might even put video to this and give yeah. our YouTube channel something other to watch than the two of us. <laughs> Tilt Cycle. There's an account on Instagram that I follow called Tilt Cycle. And this guy is just getting all manner of donated parts. He even gets donated play fields that he turns into art. Um, so yeah, tilt cycle might be someone to, to knock on the door. I mean, he's doing it for money, so he's actually turning these things around for money, but I think even he has parts that are unrecoverable. Yeah. Um, and he'll just junk, he'll just put them randomly somewhere and say, no, I don't want this go and pick it up. So yeah, he might be one. Uh, okay. Last thing for this, uh, episode and this happened a few weeks ago. And of course we've had things to talk about, not just, you know, boring BS that uh, we pad our show with. But no. if you watch YouTube, you know it's me and Jared. Uh, we hold these little bad boys in our fingers, which are the uh, fidget cubes. Although none of us, neither of us have the official ones by ANSI, which are truly called fidget cubes. Mine are both from... This one I think is actually a proper ANSI one. Is it a proper ANSI? Well, I think so. My white one here is uh, called a stress cube. And right. the, uh, the bottom one here is the spinner cube, which yeah. you know, I did the Kickstarter for and which I love. This thing's awesome. We play with these during the podcast because it does this strange thing with allowing you to not say um constantly. Mm. Weird, odd trick, but I use it all the time. Anyway, I got an email from Stress Cube. I was like, what are they emailing me about? It looks like somebody got a court order to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> They more or less had to send out a, a notice that was saying, um, yes, we recognize that ANSI Labs, uh, creators of the Fidget Cube, had a patent that we pretty much stole the design from, and it doesn't matter that they never made a spinner cube that spins. Uh, the fact that it's a six-sided object with stress-like toys around it is now the copyright of ANSI Labs. That's theirs. Yeah. It does anybody that produces something that looks like square this. and has toys on it is in direct violation of ANSI Labs. And so I imagine that they had to send that out to all of their former customers. As uh, part of the make good for their exactly. breach. 
a, a way to not have to pay a ridiculous fine. <laughs> they probably still have to pay a fine, but just not a ridiculous not fine. Not a ridiculous fine, exactly. So uh, <laughs> it was one of those things where I was curious because after the Kickstarter, and the Kickstarter went fine, a lot of people kicked in. There was no issues with me getting my, my spinner cube. It came on time. And then I went onto the website to just, I wanted to comment, and there was no website. It was gone. And I was gone. like, that's rather odd. Um, now I know. Yeah. <laughs> Some, worry. Some Chinese design. manufacturers probably already knocked off their design and it's now have to, <laughs> now got them on eBay. So you'd be fine if you need to get another one. <laughs> uh, fortunately, I don't need to get another one. And I figured out how to uh, properly service this one, which if you go through all of our YouTube videos, you'll actually find that you'll video find. services. So, yeah, that's right. Um, Anyway, I just want to. The fact that you have to service a stress cube is ridiculous, but look, whatever. (laughs) Hey, some people, that's how they fight stress by tearing apart things. Yeah, that's right. They they burn, they take down things. Exactly. Um, Fortunately, I I had already taken apart the the stress cube one time to try and figure out how it worked, and I didn't take it apart properly the first time. So I kind of ruined a couple of things, but then I learned in the process. So when the, the stress spinner came out or the fidget spinner came out, it was no worries. I was able to take it about without uh, damaging anything and found out how well constructed it is compared to the, <laughs> the stress cube, which was I'm looking at mine going, how would you junk. get that thing apart? It seems oh, it's hard. real simple. You, you pop off the, Thing. dial. You pop that off, you'll notice some screws. Once you start unscrewing those, other screws are revealed and eventually the whole thing splits apart. Ah, so this part, the little spinny zip zip is that the, is um, the <laughs> that, that is the keystone to the whole thing. That is the hidden entryway, yes. Alright, the, the back door. <laughs> <laughs> the only door, but yeah, that's right. which, which cracks me up because there was a video of some guys wanting to, it was this dad and his kid wanting to know how they were constructed. And they mm. took a chisel and a sledgehammer to it, basically, to crack it into it. And I was like, brute that force, really? You didn't think to figure out a way that how this opens up? But okay, whatever. Whatever. People, you know, people like to watch uh, iPhones get shot with bullets, too, when they first get released. So, <laughs> Yeah, because I don't know why. Because <laughs> people are weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we appreciate the weirdness that is pinball fans. So, again, thanks, mm. folks, for really, for uh, these past couple of podcasts have garnered us some rather large numbers that we really appreciate and we hope that you're sticking around uh even when we don't have interviews and such however we are going to have an interview not next week i think we're going to be taking next week off because jared's gonna be out of town um yes, I am. But possibly the following week we're going to have um mike Lindsay from farsight to talk about stern pinball arcade vr oh that'd be awesome I'm trying yeah, to arrange to get me a preview on a friend who has a VR headset so that I can actually talk with some knowledge. That would be handy, yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> I should probably see. Well, we've got two of them at work. So we've actually got two Oculus 5s at work. Oh, there you go. Um, so maybe you'll so be able to, maybe both of us will I be should, able to come in with knowledge. I should actually get it installed. The problem is I'm going to have to log out of somebody else's account, log into mine right. on the box. But that's fine. So, uh, I should definitely do that. So anyway, that'll be coming up in, uh, I can't guarantee it's two weeks from now because um, I haven't actually hammered down when, but it's going to be soon. We'll have Mike in yeah. and uh, we'll be able to talk to him. And that should be an interesting conversation too. <laughs> um, just yeah, somewhat, yeah. <laughs> we haven't talked like, to him since uh, all this went down. Um, yeah, but, uh, true. You know, that'll, so that'll be fun. Um, and hey, you know what else, folks? Because uh, seriously, I want to, 
we're looking to improve things around here. You know, God forbid we have viewers. Maybe we should give them something interesting to look at. Does anybody right. know how to, uh, you know, spruce up what this YouTube verdi version of things is? Yeah. You know, let us know how to. <laughs> what would you like to see in, yeah. in the YouTube, essentially? Like, and, uh, you know, if you want to see some opening pizzazz, um, let us know what the pizzazz is. And then let us know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> If it's as simple as us making a video that we can drop in before we actually go live, that's we can do that. Um, but if you, uh, yeah, just let us know because we, we 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 really up until you know all the Zen news dropped. Really, the YouTube channel was there for us to actually get the audio so we could produce a podcast, and that was yeah. literally all it was for. And but then you all start subscribing yeah. and viewing, and we went, damn. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, this is a thing now, so let's, <laughs> let's perhaps do something about this that makes it look a little bit less like a video that we use just to get the audio from. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, look, folks, we're looking for all sorts of manner. If you if you have ways, if you know software that's uh, uh, you know won't break the bank, that is easy to use, and that's actually easy to use, which is the biggest yeah. thing that I've found. I mean, I saw this thing on Amazon that, and I, I, I texted it to Jared to go, can we get this? It was this little box and it's got like 15 LCD screens on it and they're all programmable. And all you have to do is just push the button and it'll you know, do audio drops. It'll do video drops. It'll do whatever you want, basically. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, yeah, can we get that? It's only $200. Um, <laughs> 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 like, need some more donations, Chris. Oh, that's a heck of a lot more donations. But yeah. uh, shoot, I'm looking at just, is there a way of making it so that my keyboard, you know, I just push a button on the keyboard and it magically happens. Yeah. This is territory that I'm unfamiliar with. So if any of you know this territory and uh, know software that is easy to use and relatively inexpensive to um, get and works with the whole YouTube, Google experience, um, please. We're easy to get a hold of. Email us, blah, blah, blockade at gmail.com. Go ahead and fire us off a message on Twitter, uh, either at blockade, or you can contact us directly at shut your traps or at Jared Morgs. Um, visit our website for God's sake, please do, because awesome things are always showing up on there regarding this actual podcast. Um, Cause then links and pictures and stuff kind of adds a visual touch for you that those that you, that, are not using YouTube, um, go to blockadepinball.com slash episodes and you'll yeah. find all that. Maybe I should start embedding the YouTube video into the podcast. Oh, don't get post. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'll close the loop and just have everything linking to everything. <laughs> well, I'm trying to make it so you don't have as much work to do uh, with editing everything together, Jared, and you're adding more. <laughs> Well, dropping a link into a video isn't that much, know, isn't that hard. That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, all right, way, folks. People who want to watch can watch. People who want to listen can listen. That's right. Um, that's all we got for you this week. And uh, I know it's it's not as exciting as it has been, but we can't make it. Believe me, we we kind of were like, okay, yeah. we can take a breather yeah. for once. Um, we, we don't have to worry about is this embargoed or not. It was just really hard. That was really hard. Of weeks. We we literally for this is the first time in weeks we've been able to talk about whatever the hell we want without censoring ourselves. Censor ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So. Right. It, it feels good. Yeah. <sighs> All right. 
Well, until then, uh, folks, thanks for listening. We'll talk again um, in two weeks' time. Bye-bye. See you then. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball.